Welcome to Essie's Hour of Love, episode 14. Uh, today I interviewed Ben Zank, uh, this wonderful American guy who I work with at Barker Advertising Agency. He is our social media strategist. But he also is this incredible photographer that has built up a really amazing following. And um, I see he got his sister hired at our agency as well. And they have this really wonderful, special relationship. And I kind of knew there must be a story that he has, um, but I didn't know what it was. And I had no idea what he was going to say today. So um, it was a real pleasure talking to him. And it was really real and honest. And um, I really appreciate him coming on. So I hope you enjoy. Cool. Ben! Thanks for coming. Of course. Are you nervous? Uh, maybe I'm not nervous, but I guess I'm just at a, la- a lack of like words right now because I'm not sure what to say at this time. I haven't asked you anything. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even started, basically. I guess so. Um, so I won. So you and I met probably four months ago. That's about right. Uh, mid mid May, early May. Yeah, I guess so. And I got thrown in. So basically it was at work and my boss was like, quickly go interview this guy. Like, I think he'll be good for social media. And that's all I, like, all I knew. And I walked in and you were very buttoned up and, um, and I had no idea what to ask you. Cause I think I was just like a time filler. Like, I think he just like, Dave just wanted to throw a few people at you to make sure like everyone kind of liked you. Um, but I remember being the most impressed was when you talked about the Kickstarter campaign that you created because your your f- like camera got broken or something like that. Like what happened? Um, I was I was like shooting with my friend and I think this was actually my last day of college. <laughs> so uh, me and my friend went out, went out into the woods and I was like setting up a photo right next to a swamp and I don't know what happened I looked and one minute my camera was like knee deep in this like murky swamp water and I pulled it out like I took the battery out but it was was gone (laughs) so did you study photography at at college no I I studied journalism actually I only took um, two photography classes uh, prior to going to purchase when I was in community college so when did you, when did this photo- love for photography, because basically, do you call yourself a photographer now? Yeah, that's your, absolutely. That's your title? Correct. Yeah, <laughs> except at work where you're a social media strategist. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I would say I'm both. <laughs> yeah. One's a bit more money making than, oh no, not necessarily. No, they, they average out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where did the love, when did the love of photography come in? Um, it's sort of just, I guess it just happened. Uh, I'll start from the beginning. I mean, I spent I spent all of high school like not like knowing like what my interests were, so I kind of just played like excessive amounts of video games and I didn't really have for 4 years I didn't really have like a real creative outlet. And at the end of high school when I graduated, I you know, I realized that you know, video games wasn't going to be like a substantial like form of income for me. <laughs> and Unless you I, wanted I felt to design them. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely not a skill I have. Uh, and yeah, I stopped, I stopped playing and I just started like just doing things. Like I started making these like dance videos with my sister and I got really into them. And 
I went out and I bought, believe it or not, my video game account. I was playing an online video game. Was, my, my player account was worth over $500. So I had sold it and I used the money from that video game account to go out and buy myself a Sony Hang on, what do you mean you could sell your video game? Yeah, so I, I, played, I played this online game called Final Fantasy. And yeah. yeah, so you have like an online avatar and Oh, so your points and who you'd created to exactly. could so buy four, that. four years worth of work translated into about five hundred dollars of real life money. <laughs> was that a big decision to sell that? That's like no, selling your company. Essentially, I guess so. I mean it was just it was just me like getting getting real and and, and just knowing that I needed to start doing something, but so I went out and I used that money. I bought myself a Sony Handycam and I started making all these uh, YouTube videos with my sister and we, we didn't really know what we were doing. We made dance videos, we made comedy videos and... You got kind of, like, you got a bit of a following with this, didn't you? <laughs> like, what's the most views you've had on one of your videos? Uh, we have this, this one video and it had like a very vulgar name to it, which is probably like why it got so many views. Cause we, it was the sensation called jerking. So like we would title our videos like white girl jerking, get it off. And it's just like, at the time my sister was 13 years old, but she was, she was a really talented, talented dancer. Jerker. Yeah. She was a really talented jerker. I was more of like the comedic relief cause I was just ridiculously bad. Uh, so, but wait, how many how many views is that? Got? Oh yeah, we have that one video. It got like two hundred fifty thousand views. Two hundred fifty thousand over like a year. Oh yeah, over a year. <laughs> sure. But what? So jerking? Because I so we watched the video the other day at work. That's true. And we called you in. It was a lovely moment. And um, I'd never heard of jerking before. Like, was it a big sensation? It was. I think just every year there's a different like dance fad like among teenagers yeah. and just those that year and a half the jerking was like the biggest fad like I'm not sure what the fad is now like it was the Harlem Shake and right. I don't know what it is now was it twerking like last year maybe there's a new one we just have a, I guess the um, Drake sort of style dancing oh the with the the hotline bling yeah that kind of became something yeah exactly. I don't know is that even like that's probably like out of style. I know, but I think twerking's. I don't know. I don't know. Twerking is. I feel like twerking is just gonna be. It's gonna be a classic. That's gonna. So then, one. What's really interesting is that you did this with your sister. So how many years apart are you and Becca? Uh, we're four years apart. So she's. I just turned twenty-five, and she is turning 21 in December. So as a 13 year old and what, 18 year old, you were happy to make like videos with your sister? Yeah, my, I, my sister is really, she's just a really cool person. And you know, I guess she looked up to me for a long time, but sort of when I, when I came out of my shell and got out of my like, you know, hermit video game life, I, I needed her help to get me into the real world. And I sort of like, tagged along you know she taught me how to dress and you know I, I for the first year of my freshman year in college I dressed like a 16 year old boy <laughs> 16 year old skater boy <laughs> amazing <laughs> we, we we really bonded um over that it's funny because we it just kind of seemed like over over the past four years that we weren't going to really end up being good friends but I think over over like making videos together and just 
having creative, similar creative interests, we've really just grown like really close with yeah. each other. Because now you've got her a job that yeah, I with us did as well. not expect that at all. Yeah, it's she's amazing. Just, she got herself a job really. She's just ridiculous. No, I know, but you like you wouldn't. I'm not sure if I'd recommend that my sister works with me. Let's just say that. So, but you were the one that mentioned her yeah. to us. For yeah, the that's. Intention. I mean, if that if that like shows you how much I can handle my sister, like that's, that's that I would yeah. let her work with me. Yeah, I think that's a pretty yeah. strong sign. So okay, so then where did the so the videos went really well, and yeah. then photography. So, so I'm not exactly sure like what sparked it, but I, I started taking like still frames with my with my camera with the with the with the video camera uh, and i think it was the the following um winter we were at my grandparents and i just decided oh maybe my grandma has like some old film cameras in her attic so we like we went in her attic and we found this uh this old pentax emmy super that she had apparently won in a some weird competition back in the 70s and she had only used it like once or twice for like shooting my mom at like Disney World or something or was there still film in there no there wasn't Uh, in fact it actually took me um two months to learn how to open up the um camera the twist and yeah it took took me two months before I learned how to open up my camera to it (laughs) A real expert straight away, huh? <laughs> <Not at> all. <laughs> and then I think I, the first picture I ever took it was is like a really dimly lit photo of my sister uh, in the bathroom. Uh, no, in the kitchen, and she's like putting her face up to the lens, and she's like, "It's just really bad." <laughs> my so I fell in love with film photography as well, and my favorite, of course my favorite thing is like waiting for it to develop and pick it up and I'd have like a routine so I'd go pick up the film the developed film and no one could be near me and I had to be like I normally wait to get to a cafe and order a coffee and sit down because I never liked the photos the first time around but I also couldn't stand if anyone else was looking at it the first time around as well and like and then flipping through but I loved it because film like normally I found that the mistakes that you weren't planning or you had no idea that light was going to affect that shot or whatever ended up being the magic of the photo and it was just so i don't know it's such a good experience except it just got so expensive that i kind of had to stop doing it especially just while i was studying at least um so then where did you so then it just developed you just kind of kept the hobby going and then it turned into sort of a very successful Instagram account. Like, how is that? That happen? is, it's that is many many years in the making. I didn't I didn't take photography seriously for for almost four years, I would say. Um, but it, it it quickly became. I've always been someone who never. I was never like a jack of all trades kind of person. I was. I would find um, something I was into, and I would go all in. So before I started playing video games obsessively, I would paint Warhammers, I would do Legos, I was obsessed with collecting trains. Before that it was dinosaurs, then it was trains again, and then I have no idea what was before that. I think it was just teddy bears. So <laughs> like going all the way back. And as soon as, as one, once I got out of my like whole like depressive teenage video game mode, I just started, I guess I just started looking for that passion again and, and photography immediately. I just like 
got obsessed with it. Like once I finally learned, uh, learned how to use that camera, I was shooting probably, you know, three rolls a week. Yeah. You know, every every Sunday my mom would drive me down to Walgreens and we would develop the film and I would put it on a CD and like upload it to, to Flickr. And that's that's like what I did for, for two years. Actually, I did end up getting my, I got my mom to, she works at a, uh, community college and she gets like these grants so I got her to buy me uh, a digital camera with uh, the one of her grants like a D90 yeah. so I started shooting with that too so I was shooting digital and film for for two years but I didn't take it seriously no, at all it was, like, just, I, it was just it was your new obsession in exactly yeah. and when it came time for me to transfer to a four year school uh, when I was 20 I had to pick like a major because I was I was little arts for the first two years um, at community college and I had no idea what I wanted to do and I, I was like thinking logically like my parents you know it wasn't in anyone's mind that I was gonna make you know a career out of photography or anything any type anything in the digital realm I was gonna make a career out of it so I thought that you know journalism is the easiest thing to 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 like you know graduate from or to pass. And but yeah. isn't that weird because journalism would be the hardest thing for me to part like I just have, like, have a fear of writing seriously I'm, yeah and I'm not so like the thought to study journalism's like I mean <laughs> incredible but it would be really hard for me where you're like yeah it'll be the easiest yeah, thing that's to I always I always loved writing creatively and I thought the the only hard part about journalism was that you had to you had to you had to keep that creativity, but it was very subjective. It wasn't, you could never, you know, put in your own biases or opinions or that was slander. It was illegal. So yeah. uh, I spent, you know, my first like semester with journalism thinking like, oh man, I hate this. Like it doesn't really allow you to do, like to make things. And it wasn't until the, uh, final semester before my senior year that I kind of had like an epiphany where, you know, I didn't think journalism was going to be like, I didn't think I was going to get a job as a journalist. We took, we took a trip to, to one of these big posts hmm. and they were, they gave us this whole, like, uh, this whole lecture on how, you know, print is dying, like newspapers are dying and like yeah. the job industry is collapsing. And was this like 2008 or what year this was this? Was, 2011 oh. no 2012 this was like oh, okay. this was 2012 late 2012 and yeah there was like this the starting salary is 25,000 a year they said the same thing for <laughs> advertising design as well and you're like what have I just been studying <laughs> it's ridiculous they just really try to scare you yeah. out of their profession and I was like, man, I don't even enjoy this. Like, how am I going to make a career out of this? And I saw all these these young kids on Flickr were doing these um, these projects called uh, the Three Six Five, where they would take uh, like a creative self portrait and they would post it to their Flickr every day for a year. And I a had seen yeah, they would do a self portrait. Yeah, one every self day. Yeah, Sorry. so there were many variations of the three sixty five. You could take out your phone and take a self portrait. But these kids um, that I found on Flickr, they weren't just like holding up. They were taking like really intricate like. It wasn't a self selfie. No, it, it wasn't a selfie. It was definitely like a self portrait. Like it was 
very, um, if you know Cindy Sherman's work, uh, she's like a really famous like photographer. She has like those crazy self portraits where she. Yeah, like, I've seen it, but I herself. I always think of um, Cindy Lauper when I hear oh, that name. Very different. But anyway, yes, I ha- yeah. I have seen that one. And they were they were taking these like really like crazy self portraits that were like surreal and beautiful and just using all these techniques and. I was like, oh, well, I could become famous if I did a 365. And, you know, I guess it was kind of like in vain, like how I started like getting serious about photography. But I guess that's sort of... So you did it? I did the 365 and, and it took me... did you me, get famous? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> it took me It took me a year and a half to complete it. I went the first 107 days without mention, missing um, a, a single day. Uh you know, by the time I finished my 365, I, I, I don't think I even had over like a thousand followers on Facebook, but... Uh, Wait, how many how many followers do you have now? 33,000. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have 236 followers on Instagram for the podcast. Thank you very much. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, making it. It's growing. Uh, it is growing. I'm sure they, if they all listen, that's a good, that's a good listener. Yeah. Right um, there. So when did New Zealand come into all of this? That's a huge skip in time. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand happened. So this is this is. New Zealand happened uh, sort of when I was in my. Like I'm working like a like a like at a juice bar and I'm not really like you know thinking too much about my career because I'm I'm a starving artist and it's okay and. You know, I was I was becoming a bit more popular, um, like with my photography. Like I had been featured by a lot of uh, publications. I started like the the first way that I like sort of got like known was I started posting like my albums of photographs to um, Reddit, oh. and I think I got the front page like five times total on reddit yeah when that happens you get like hundreds of thousands of views so i got like a lot of exposure i met a lot of people and yeah people just started messaging me all the time so were they the 365 were they self-portraits or that's a whole new i've always people have always considered me to be like at my core like a self-portrait photographer like i would say some of my strongest images are like photographs I've taken of myself because it's when I can really like focus and uh, you know I don't have to worry about anyone's safety so I'll just do anything right <laughs> good to know <laughs> you've put yourself in some dangerous situations to take yeah I would say so what's the most dangerous oh, most dangerous I mean I've been on train tracks many times I stood on the ledge of my co- cousin's building once like it wasn't even the funny thing is like the most dangerous things I've done the photographs haven't even been that great like I've done some gross stuff too I put like a bunch of snails on my face (laughs) that's amazing so okay so you're really quite committed to trying different things with this and I'm guessing that's what's quite appealing about your your art, right? Do you call yourself like a fine artist? Is that? I would yeah. say, like, I, I don't like to be too pretentious. I don't like to be too serious about myself because I think my work is like, it can be both disturbing, but I also think it can be like hilarious in a way. Yeah, but it's a bummer that the word fine artist makes it sound pretentious. 
I think a lot of people who call themselves fine artists are just I don't think they're good. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, okay, so then, so when did New Zealand come in? New Zealand happened, um... So you were at the juice bar? It had nothing to do with the juice bar. <laughs> uh, it had everything to do with meeting someone online. I met a girl online who she actually messaged me through my Facebook uh, fan page and listen I am I am not new to like online relationships I've, I've, my whole life has been online the past 10 years so I've, I've met a lot of people like online through photography not through other things but like I've I've you I'm not new to like long distance online relationships so I met this this girl online and she was she was a photographer slash model from New Zealand and she was very like very forward you know we started we started skyping and talking and like we we really like had a lot in common and she was really smart and we just kind of I guess hit it off sort of um it just happened really quickly and like but like in a dating way or no or sort of it was not to me. It wasn't a dating way to me. It was kind of like, oh, this girl's really cool. She's from New Zealand. And, you know, I was just in a really good, like, position, like, financially slash uh, schedule-wise. Like, my job was very lenient. Like, if I wanted to take a break, I could. Um, so she was kind of like, oh, yeah, come to New Zealand and, and stay, you know, for a, w- a week or two. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I bought, tic- I bought like, tickets. Like, I don't know, maybe after, like, two months of knowing this person, I bought uh, tickets to New Zealand, and I went there and stayed with her for two weeks. And, yeah, I guess we, we hit it off. Like, you know, it was like I was living with her for, for two weeks, and it's like we were together. Like, I was, like, staying with her in her bed and stuff. And, yeah, that went great. And I'm just going to, like, spoiler here. Like, I'm I'm gay, so... <laughs> That's a spoiler alert. Um, this whole time, but I didn't know. I was, I was, I honestly didn't know. Uh, Wait, you didn't know if you were gay or not? No, I didn't know. During yeah. that time, I had it no sound, idea. Like the way that you're talking about this sounds like you're quite interested in this girl. Right. Yeah. I know. I the the thing is like, I I realize now I was more like in love with the idea of her. Yeah. And I think also like us having like so much in common. Like the, she had a lot of things about her. I could like see myself in like we had a lot of common interests we were both like you know really into video games and stuff like we we shared we shared a lot of interests uh, so it was kind of like hard for me to like see past that at the time so okay and she was she was really really infatuated with me so that I was about of, to say so yeah. what happened with because to make it clear though you you weren't sure if you were gay and you were right. feeling feelings for her maybe not like romantic but you were definitely forming a bond right i guess like that's the thing that's so hard to to kind of to like tell like to think about i guess i I didn't really take things seriously at the time until i realized things were serious you know going going to new zealand to like you know hang out with someone for two weeks it was it wasn't like a serious relationship thing until you know, November when this girl came to live with me for two months, 
Like that's when it got. Wait, when she came to she live came with you. to New York in the oh. fall, and she stayed here for two months with me. She lived here for two months with me. So at this time, are you boyfriend and girlfriend? We we officialized it when she came here. Yeah. So you had so you had a had a relationship with her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our relationship lasted the better part of a year. A long distance and while we were together. So you went to New Zealand for two weeks, but I thought you lived there for a while. I did. Oh, so you ended up staying? The story's not over. Okay, keep going. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, after after she uh, stayed here for two months, we had, there was just a lot of turmoil. Um, you know, I was, I guess, very unsure with like what I was doing with myself and I, I guess I kind of had like a like a man with nothing to lose kind of like feeling about everything because I was like, well, this girl really you know loves me, but I don't, I definitely don't love her, and like I don't understand why I'm not feeling anything right. for this person. Like I couldn't, I was just really bewildered by how I, because I've always gotten my whole life I was always like, well, this girl's really beautiful and blah blah blah. Why don't I love her? Like, and I would go and I would be like, oh man, she's not the one. Okay, whatever. And I'd go to the next girl and the next girl, and I would just keep going, and I would never like be able to find like these connections that I was that I was seeking, so I would just think, okay, we're just friends with benefits or whatever, and then right. go on. And finally, this girl, it just got so serious because, you know, when we were living together, it was basically like we were married, in a sense, when you, when you live with someone for that long. Uh, but was, she, was there a point where you were like, well, maybe, maybe my expectations of what love is is way too high when you kept having these experiences, or not necessarily? Kind of, I didn't even, I didn't really even think about love until, like, I, like, came to the, the conclusion or just, like, the realization that I'm most likely not, like, attracted to, to women in that way. Like, I didn't even think about, like, what, what, like, love meant until I, like, realized that, like, my whole life I wasn't, I wasn't, trying I wasn't finding the right outlet to, to set myself up to experience like right. real real yeah. love in that sense. Ugh that's really tough. I've sort of had a similar because I haven't really had the relationships, I've always wondered well maybe maybe I'm gay, maybe maybe I haven't had the relationship because I'm sort of looking in the wrong area. But it doesn't actually quite make sense because I have never like I've definitely felt things for a guy and I haven't felt them for a girl so it was more like trying to find an answer to something that I don't have an answer to but in that moment of not knowing it's very confusing and and a part of me also was really scared that I wasn't letting myself be gay because it's a bit harder and social norms sometimes and I'm like I hope that's not the reason that I'm not letting myself like fall in love and um yeah I'm I probably felt something 10% of what you felt, but it wasn't comfortable and it was a very sort of confusing kind of time. But, ugh. Uh, so then... So you, you've, you've mentioned that you, uh, in, in, your, in your other podcast, that you, you said something that you've never... You feel like you've never been in love. Oh, no, I, de- I definitely haven't. Yeah, no, I have no idea. Did you, did you have, um, like, a long-term boyfriend in high school? No. 
No, no, I'm. It's funny because like at the amount of times I can say it, but it doesn't make sense to people. But I haven't. I just have not had a relationship like the most. God, this is this probably is just going to keep coming up in every podcast I do. But um, I have like the most I've had a like is like one date. But I'd have to admit that I have gotten very close with guys and gone like multiple dinners and breakfasts and walks and all that kind of stuff. I but I somehow just make sure that like going the next stage just makes me very nervous and I just sort of ignore it. So in my brain we're just friends, but now I look back and I realise they probably thought we were dating. Well trying to date where I just kind of shut it off right at the end. But yeah, so no, 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 haven't fallen in love yet. But I'm sure it will come. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But what about you? Have you been in love? No. <laughs> I, I, I think I've had just, I've had close relationships with people like, you know, I really, I love like, like my friends who like my true friends that I really like, I, I like love them in um, a way. Me too, just like, yeah. but, but more so like, like my friends who have been guys, like I think I've really shared like, and they may not feel the same way, just like in my own, like I sh- felt like I've shared like close like friendship bonds with them in ways that I guess, I don't know, I haven't like been able to experience with with girls and it, it could just be because I have never haven't met the right person I think I have like a weird personality if if people like don't let me talk I like generally like don't like them <laughs> Fair enough. I need to like start I, they need to like let me talk enough so like to the point where like I can I guess validate myself it's weird yeah no that I think that makes sense or and I've had relationships or friendships where they don't let me and then I'm I become their friend, but I know that they don't know me, so they can call me as close a friend they want, but if they haven't really listened to me, then it's not kind of the friendship that I'm like, craving. Um, so, okay, so let's, I want to hear the rest of this. So she came for two months to New York, mm-hmm. and it got really serious. Well... Well, it, you were living with each other. Yeah, that's like the level of serious it got. Um, and you know when you live with someone and the relationship is only working from one side and you know looking back I think it was just really bad decisions on on both our part to to do this like I I look back and I see pictures of her and she's she's so much happier where she is like now than where she was then like I see pictures and I could tell she just wasn't really enjoying and this was in the middle of the winter in a small apartment she's from New Zealand like it's trop it's like subtropical there so she wasn't just used to it and you know half the time she was like just at home while I was at work yeah it was was like it was shitty for her and I feel bad yeah (laughs) about that so how did it kind of come to an end well it didn't end I mean she got me to come to New Zealand for a year like I got a visa and I went there like oh I'm gonna go live with this girl and I mean I guess my motive for doing it was was really selfish because I I kind of knew in my head that the relationship just was not gonna work out and I was gonna break this girl's heart but at the same time I just felt like I had nothing else going on for me here in New York at the time and I really needed to just 
kind of shock my system by doing something insane. But in in the end, do you feel like maybe you had to go through all of this to, I don't know, become who you are today? Like, is it, was it a part of the journey, you know? Absolutely. I think, I think I would still not, like, be sure of who I was if I didn't, if I didn't meet her. I think, I think not being in love and, like, being with a girl who likes you for like for me it it gives me like this form of control because like when you're in love you're really actually not in control you're sort of like at the mercy of this other person and if you can like kind of imagine that for a second like what that feels like it it's probably not like always it's just a scary thought that like you want to do like whatever you want to do anything for this person and it just feels more comfortable to have someone who you like that you can sort of pull all the strings. Right, and then have a companion, you know, sort of yeah. have a partner for a while. Exactly, to have someone to be around is just nice to have people's company. So you had a visa for a year. Did you guys stay together for that whole year or? Absolutely not. No. Um, I sort of had this thought that I might be gay, like, literally a week before I went to New Zealand. Oh, really? So you hadn't thought it? No. It was a week before I was just really trying to, like, figure myself out, like, why, why was I not, why did I not like this girl? Why, why was I not in love with her? How could I make myself fall in love with her so I, I can love her as much as she loves me? And I just came to this idea and it freaked me out like okay. it really freaked me out like I, I went on Google and I was like what is H-O-H-M-O-C like uh, homoerotic fear of being gay? I was like oh that's what I have I'm just crazy <laughs> I think I'm gay <laughs> why what were the symptoms what? the symptoms uh, just like not being attracted to women and being uh, attracted to men <laughs> I thought you more meant like you you were sort of repulsed by the idea so then you but it was probably you know I thought you were meaning in that way but more no just the signs that you were gay (laughs) I've told Ben to be not make noise on the table and he just took a sip of water and placed down the cup very gently (laughs) so it wasn't a dramatic pause it was a placement pause yeah so okay so you had the week but okay so I just want to point out though that you really wanted to make it work obviously with this with this girl so you've got you've planted this seed you think now you're gay you're flying to New Zealand and then what it was a very I think difficult time for me it was a very like really like hard time and it and it was also like probably a really hard time for her because you know I I broke this girl's heart and like she regardless of anything wrong she did or anything wrong I did she really really cared about me and I was sort of you know coming on this way and then I was just after a month you know I had a job and I sort of just fucked off and went on my own way and I wasn't happy either like I I spent you know two months in like very like dark like sorrow depression with no family no no friends no friends 
I was living in this like really big, like creepy haunted looking, like a huge house. I had a massive room. The the whole, it was just like this like dark, creepy mansion. Cause I got this, I got this like really cool job at this like marketing agency and they, they paid really good in New Zealand. So I was able to, to move into this like huge mansion-y like house. All the, I mean, my roommates were all like college kids, but still. And I was just there like alone. And I would, rem- I remember just like, I would like go to the park and cry. <laughs> oh. oh, golly. It's funny to think about now, but it was, it was hard then. Talk, so when I moved to America, I was 22 and I had a really tough couple of months the first time I moved here. I was like, everything that I was running away from, from home, I thought was gonna stay at home and it didn't, nope. obviously. <laughs> but it was a really interesting, position to be in because you had to deal with it because you couldn't run anywhere else and you didn't have the support that you would have at home or the distractions you would have at home so yeah you like it was like hard on your sleeve I've got a I've got a lot to deal with right now but then I feel like if I'd stayed at home that would have taken me years probably to get through and I kind of got through it in like a few months but but like intensely um, so how long did that, so you said sort of for two months that it was pretty bad? Two months, uh, it was probably bad beyond that, but I think, I think after two months I got, I got like closer with, um, with my roommates. They were all like a really cool bunch and I started hanging out with them more and, you know, I got, I got like really into my job, so I was like consuming myself with that and... I started. Uh, I started shooting again. You know, I, I hadn't. Uh, I hadn't made anything in a long time. I had all this like emotion that just wasn't like. I wasn't putting it into anything. So when I started shooting, that really helped. Uh, Would you say is that some of your most like interesting work at that time, or? I went to. I went to New Zealand with this hope that I would come back with with 14, like 14 good photographs that I took. And I, after, after being there for six months, I didn't even think I was gonna come back with like five. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did like 25 images that I was wow. really, really proud of. Uh, how many do you think you actually shot? What do you mean? Like how many photos do you think you actually took? Oh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many frames did my camera shoot? Thousands and yeah. thousands and thousands. How many days did I go out and shoot? I would. I started going out and shooting towards the end of of like living um, at my house. I started shooting like every day. Uh, getting getting like a like a final image or something. It doesn't it doesn't like happen like every time you shoot. It usually happens like once every like five to ten times. Uh, most of the time, you're just really disappointed with your abilities to do anything. <laughs> and then there's that one time where it's like, oh, this could be good. And then you put it through Photoshop and you're like, oh, this is really good. And you share it with people and then everyone else kind of confirms that yeah. for you. Um, okay, so did had you decided that you were definitely gay in those two months? Or did that take a while? Or? You know... Whatever to be honest, I, I to be honest, I I have not, um, I've gone on two Tinder dates, right, and nothing more than that. Yeah. So, can I one hundred percent say I'm gay? I actually, I I mean, I can't like prove it, but.
but I think I think it's just like something that you know like I, I, I don't think someone who's straight has to prove that they're straight or yeah. if it's even necessary it's more about just you know waiting to find someone that you that you really quick with when did you start as associating yourself with like did you come out to your parents and like was there a whole that side of things or yeah it wasn't it wasn't like that it was like weird but it wasn't difficult because uh my sister actually came out like several months before I did and I think the story with my sister is she she's known for some time apparently I didn't even know so she she fooled me, but I guess I also had you fooled. even thought you fooled yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my family did not think I was gay at all. Like not even the slightest, which is funny because I've like done like videos where I dressed up as like a Japanese girl and like ran around screaming. I like. I feel like that kind of stuff would like maybe give it away, but <laughs> <laughs> or maybe make you question slightly question, question myself. Yeah. <laughs> I just never had a problem with, like, acting like a fool in that sense. Uh, yeah, my, my parents don't, and I don't, I don't, like, I'm a little weird with telling people I don't like to be, like, I'm gay. Like, and fair, but I, also wish, like I wish people could just kind of, like, guess, but I guess in terms of my demeanor, it's just different. But I, it's not like people come out and go, I'm straight. I guess if it just comes up in conversation of... What's your type of person you like to date or something? Then it would come up, but yeah. Otherwise, it's sort of weird to just sit down and go, "I'm gay." <laughs> it's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's Good weird. to know. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. As if I'm gonna treat you differently now. Yeah, and but maybe that's the times now. It doesn't. It's not. It, it is what it is. You know. So Becca, your sister, said something interesting the other day when she found out that you were coming on the podcast just lightly she goes but Ben you don't believe in love where's that come from I think she's she's thinking about like my mentality before I met Caitlin and I was sort of just I was I had a massive ego because I was achieving like I was making leaps and bounds in like my photography like it was just like that kind of like I'm on a roll kind of mode and I was and you were probably like what 22 yeah yeah and I was I was just like me I was like meeting a lot of girls at like the juice bar I worked at and I was like <laughs> I was just mis- I thought I was Mr. Cool <laughs> I was meeting I was meeting like a lot of girls off Tinder too and it was just like really like filling up my ego and you know I guess I, I would have these conversations with my sister because my sister had never been in like a relationship and we were always just like yeah fuck love like we're just gonna do whatever you know we're just gonna float our whole lives like we never like thought about that you know maybe we're just looking for it in the wrong place right it just didn't make sense yeah I never I don't think I ever like revisited that that subject with my sister because I think if you if you asked her about love today versus asking her about love two years ago completely completely different. different So how do you feel about it now? Uh, I'm not like desperate for it. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know I'm capable of it. Um, how do you know? How do I know? Like I, just know. Like I, I think if you can feel like emotions on 
if you can feel emotion on a like on a high scale like if you can feel sadness and you can feel happiness then you're out you're 100% capable of feeling love I think that's just like a very common um, trait of people who are not sociopaths ah good to know <laughs> and um, why only two dates on tinder I just haven't really gotten to the other dates they just haven't gotten like around it's a full-time to job you know to, I to do the online yeah. dating thing yeah and I guess I just didn't have like good experiences with the first two not not that they were bad people I I guess I thought oh well now that I'm gay I will meet a man and I will be attracted to them and it's it's not the case at all like do you have sort of an a kind of a idea of a guy that you think could be appealing um yeah absolutely I mean I don't know who like would truly be a good fit for me I think and I just know like with my friends when I get really comfortable with with someone I can be I think I can be like I can be very uh, sporadic possibly controlling but also like easy to get along with so I, I don't yeah I don't I don't know like who I would like click with and who would be able to tolerate me who'd be able to tolerate you yeah I think I think I'm a pretty hard person to tolerate uh I don't even know how like most girls like handled me so really so have you are you still in contact with any of the girls that you dated uh no no not the New Zealand girl absolutely not she's like engaged now she went right on her way so but that's good I've she's she seems very happy yeah um, and did by the end, like when you came back from New Zealand, were you in a good place? Uh, I was in a place. Uh, I wouldn't say it was like a good place, but it was just like, it was way better than where I was like at the beginning of the year. Were you ready to come home? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I came home like a month before my visa ended. Yeah. It was like, I was, I was ready. Time. Yeah. Um, and how do you, so where did you grow up? I grew up here in New York City. Uh, I grew up in the Bronx. And how did you feel being in New Zealand? Like what, the contrast of it? New Zealand has a very different um, social structure to it. Yeah. I think the way people interact is they're more reserved than and then they're not reserved, but they're more reserved in certain aspects at certain times versus how people in New York are. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you turn on a TV show, like no one, they don't have a problem with saying like, you know, fuck on TV or like they're very, the what they allow is a bit more extreme. Like we censor ourselves, but like if you meet people on the street, people are very like, they're very like awkward and they don't really want to speak or you can... People in New York talk to any stranger. Yeah. They don't care. It is an interest. Like my friend, who lived in New York, who's moved back to Melbourne now. She was sort of saying how everyone's so open and lovely, but yet guarded. And there's you're not go- like if you ask how are you, you normally get just good, fine, thank you. Where in New York you say how are you, you're like I'm busy, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> like this happened to me. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Where at home, New Zealand and Australia, you you're going to get a polite response unless it's a very good friend and it's a like I remember my mum 
this like contradicts it, but I remember my mum going through a really sort of rough patch when my dad and her were getting divorced and we were in the supermarket and I would have been like seven years old and I grew up in quite a small town. And someone was like, Carmel, how are you? She's like, I'm terrible. <laughs> and I remember being so embarrassed. I'm like, Mum, just say you're fine. Just say good and let's get the cereal and get out of here. But like, she wouldn't. She would just be like, it's been a hard day. <laughs> Cried twice. I'm like, oh, no. But that wasn't the norm. Like, that wasn't socially acceptable to be like that. But I feel like in New York, it would be like, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so I can understand how that was sort of the case probably has something to do with like the population in New Zealand like my my on my walk to work or bike to work every morning depending on how early to work I was or how late I would see the same people but like in different parts of the street like based on what time I left so there was always like this one guy who who would be leaving the gym and if he was crossing the bridge then I knew I was about to be late for work. But if he was, if he was all the way down on the, on the sidewalk, then I knew I was good. That's amazing. <laughs> Every day. It's like a movie. Isn't Pretty it? much. In New York, you could, you'll never see, you could see someone on a train, and then you'll probably never see them again, even if you leave at the same time. And it's really unique when you start to have a, a little bit of a rhythm, and start seeing someone a bit more than than once, because it does feel magical. You're like out of the Eight million people that live in this city. I keep seeing you, and it's like, ooh, spooky. Have you, you've experienced that. Yeah, every once in a while. Like, I think because living in Greenpoint, it is sort of like a small town, so you you do see regular people, and then they would if you start work at the same time, you'll probably be like catching the subway. But it doesn't happen that often. But when it does, it's quite kind of quite weird. But definitely nothing like. Perth or I imagine New Zealand um so what about now do you say do you feel that you're in a good place now yes I think I'm in a really good place now I think the the only thing I have uh blocking my own path right now is is myself (laughs) which I'm not too worried about I I've just always been someone to delay myself to delay my progress because I guess when I when I get into things and when I work really hard I make so much progress that I feel I need to just chill out so you sort of you go hard and then chill go hard yeah chill. I, I was for the past two weeks I was shooting every weekend like almost like I was shooting even during the week when I when you know when I was working and I was just like finding time to like squeeze that in and I went so hard and like I don't know this week I haven't done anything (laughs) that's nice I mean there's something lovely about that that's kind of the profession that you've entered that you doesn't unless you have a really strict deadline you can do that right you're in power yeah no it's it's great I like talking about Barker I would say I am very lucky to be working at Barker I love working there and I think it's a really great place. You do love it at our work, don't into, you? Yeah. Yeah, I can tell when you walk Listen, in the I, I am just waiting for someone to ask me to do something. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like, please. <laughs> I know, you You sort of came in when we really needed you and, and it sort of has died down a little bit now. But everyone, I, I don't think you're, I think you're very needed and you're just going to kind of do the sort of 
up and down of how busy you are. But that means you still get to work on all your other side projects, which is yeah. great, huh? Yeah. Um, they, I, the thing is, like, my own personal projects, I can always um, make that work around any schedule. But when I get, when I get client work, I never know when it's going to happen. Uh, I'll go, I'll go months without getting like any like good inquiries. And now like just in the past two weeks, I have been contacted by IBM and then like this other, uh, this other like uh, TV show, like they're like a web show. They asked me to um, be the featured photographer. I'm going to go to Idaho with like four other photographers and, and teach like a VIP a workshop for for two days and they're gonna amazing hey yeah i know it's crazy right um, like sorry, but could you please include essie's hour of love in your list of people that have reached out to you yes thank you i am i i guess i'm be essie's hour of love has asked me to be on the podcast thank you <laughs> just i mean add to the list that's fine so i think we can we're sort of kind of time to wrap up now right. but i want to so you said that you're the only sort of barrier not barrier what, what was your wording like that's kind of I'm the only you. one standing in front of myself and would you say the same thing with finding a, a partner as well absolutely I think I've I've come a long way from someone who didn't think they were smart who wasn't you know who didn't do well in school who didn't have a lot of friends to someone who had an over-inflated ego to to getting shot down and being like in the dumps and now now like I think I've like come out of that like a little bit more leveled but I still I still have like that that like deep-seated knowledge that I know that I'm capable of doing whatever I want it's just am I going to like get off my ass and go do it yeah like now instead of tomorrow which is usually how I am (laughs) would you say that because of that real that rough time that you had with your I guess your last relationship with we're going to call a New Zealand girl um do you think that that there's a fear getting into another relationship because that one was quite painful or not necessarily I think so I think I think that relationship while it did some good for me I think it also did a lot of harm that I maybe don't even like know like what my relationships were like before that like how they went or like if they were even good and I guess I've sort of like tried to forget a lot of parts from from my last relationship and like thinking about that like going to a relationship where I would be with someone that I actually really care care about is very frightening to me you know it's exciting but it's also frightening and it makes me kind of want to not push it like I feel like yeah I'm on tinder right now and yeah I'll swipe every now and then I might even you know try and message someone but I I really don't want to like rush finding that kind of connection right now yeah I'm just kind of gonna wait yeah yeah, and I'm such a little romantic. I'm like, it'll come to you. <laughs> it'll work out. Um, ben, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And um, 
I, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what's in store for you next because it sounds like there's some really interesting things bubbling on the surface. Um, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. No probs.